Greetings and salutations. This is the Fact Daddy, and you're listening to the motherfucking Fact Daddy experience. Como estas? Uh, I'm living all right. Uh, hope you are too. Uh, I'm just gonna briefly talk about this movie, Suzume, which is a uh, director Makoto Shinkai's follow-up to what I consider the phenomenal weathering with you and uh Tsuzume is incredibly beautiful <clears throat> the attention to detail and bringing the like setting of Japan into the stories visually it's beautiful and um in a very short it's a story about a young lady who meets a handsome stranger um, <clears throat> immediately it becomes something else because she has a feeling as though she has a connection to him um, that bears itself and plays itself out later but uh, she saw him and she gets this feeling to return to the area when there was an, a natural disturbance emanating from the mountains uh, then you see this gigantic chaos worm that's destroying things and it gets weird right away because you know she finds a door she has some sort of vague yet direct recollection of something but no context for it you just get the the images and the sense from her and uh you know the the guy she met is this man called sota and um he is a part of a family and from his lineage he's a gatekeeper and the family helps protect all these different gates that are within Japan and he's having some issues and the, the, the destruction worm the chaos worm keeps coming out and causing earthquakes and tsunamis uh, when the gates are left unopened and you also see a, a world through the gate and that's the world that is not for the living it's the land of the dead um and what really makes this director's work so fucking amazing is that just a lens of you know when you when you're animating something you're you're very deeply invested in what you're drawing, what you're depicting, what you're portraying. It's, you know, there's not a lot of unintentional occurrences because you're, it's cinematic, you're telling a story, you have more control over it in terms of how absurd or how calmed down or the interplay between the absurd and something very dramatic and normal you can get a, a deeper, richer sense of the balance. I would probably say this is one of his most balanced films. Um, and that's just because, you know, as you get older, you pay attention to stuff like that. But 
uh, he's consistent in his romanticism, he's consistent in his cynicism, and he's consistent in his love for his surroundings, which is evident in his art. It's just like with James Cameron and Avatar, his obsession and love and passion for the ocean comes through in his work, and I feel the same way about Shinkai's work as it regards Japan and the natural beauty of the landscapes and cityscapes there um it's this always intriguing juxtaposition of uh a feudal time versus a modern time and the integration and interplay between those two connected realities anyway um i also do enjoy the way that he uh he creates in, in a way in terms of his misdirection. Like some of his misdirections are very good, especially when it comes to the character Daijin. Um, I mean, there were little minor gaffes in the audience, you know, because Daijin's super cute, but Daijin on the surface appears to be malicious. You know, it, it seems to be as though. Daijin is intentionally opening gates and trying to cause suffering when really uh, it's a misdirection. But um, and that misdirection also adds to a really kind of I, I like the musical feel of the of the crescendo in terms of tension, how it's built, and then it it sort of just sustains itself like feedback from a guitar. Um, you know, and that tension kind of, you know, keeps it there. And you get those human moments. and But there's a tension that just sort of flows in an immediacy. Like, it, it, he, he creates this drama where, you know, there's not a lot of questioning the tension. Because, you know, that's the whole beauty of fiction and fantasies. You're taking... How someone who has to react in a situation and seeing how they react and building it along with this this story, but I think it's ingenious um very interesting way to build the tension in the film too, like the the balance of the elements uh I feel like artistically visually story wise it's a better balance of elements in the story um i'm super biased towards your name being my favorite shinkai work but now i just feel like all of his work is this this it's a, it's a interplay and I, I i think that it's hard to make just one good movie if we're being honest it's hard to make something that resonates with people enough that they want to watch it repeatedly or get very emotional about it or get connected to it in some way shape or form and uh i felt connected to all of uh shinkai's movies and i also felt connected to them as different eras of my life different exp life experiences as you get older uh the ending of relationships the transformation of, of relationships uh people dying aging uh sustaining health not knowing you know what the health of your nation is or your neighborhood is or the state of the world there's so many 
juggling acts involved, but when they're all blended perfectly, you get this like overarching experience, and it just feels different from you know a majority of what is released. It, that's not a slap on any of that. It's just there's different levels and and in every arena known to anyone there's different levels of knowing about birds <clears throat> excuse me there's different levels about knowing about basketball you know someone who doesn't care about sports doesn't really see all of the interplay of the elements of whatever they like in a different area like someone who's obsessed with insects and someone who's obsessed with basketball might not see eye to eye and yet they're Obsession and passion leads to a discipline and a deeper in-depth knowledge of what they're passionate about. And that takes dedication, discipline, time, effort. Um, I think the problem with uh, the modern era, uh, and I just mean this informationally and I apologize for digressing, but I'm well known for that. Digression is my thing. Not progression, not decay. Digression. Um... I digress. Um, as a storyteller, it's always hard to keep, like, you know, the swing, the pendulum from going either w to, too far in one direction or too far in another. So to create, like, a balance work, it, it might not seem as impactful because it's balance. But if you're in a different phase of life where you're looking at things differently and, and kind of taking the accumulation of your prior knowledge and then seeing it and adapting it, it it's all about to me it, it, the difficulty in um in doing transitional moves intellectually like applying your dedication and discipline and intelligence to different arenas and trying to do that equally so you know by learning engaging immersion um and i just felt like the balance to this film had all of that um And, you know, the interpersonal connection, like, they get really good voice actors. He sticks with Rad Wimps, so it has a sound, like, there's a certain signature flow. Even if, you know, there are not insane differences between the, the, the three films, or his three major films, I should say. Um, five Centimeters. I forgot the rest of the name of the movie. Sorry, but five. I, I just say Five Centimeters. That's a great film, too. But the one, like, Your Name Blew My Mind, Weathering With You, I, w I loved it. Um, and Suzume is just, and the music too. Like, when things are put together, it's like good food. You get the right combination of something and it locks something inside you. It's like a special magical key, but only the right elements must come together to unlock something. And you can't necessarily say what those are, but they do and um there were certain elements used uh disney-esque you know and i mean it's it's animation so um there's a uh a use of inanimate objects as characters who are alive and they're animated in that capacity you know as though a spirit is trapped in a chair and that's amazing the the, the animation and, and the thought process of the Depicting that in a way that when you observe it feels as though the chair has been possessed with spirit and is in motion. 
right before your eyes. And uh, it's animating that in the way that it was animated that really gives you that sensibility. And it's it's almost like Charlie Chaplin-esque, except that it's brilliant because, you know, it's a wooden chair. Its range of motion it cannot be as dynamic. So whatever is put on the screen has to be expressive to capture the dynamism that the lack of, of movement of the object could have if it were alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just how I perceive it. Anyway, I also like the issues of loyalty and how we perceive each other and how we endure our various sufferings in life and how those plain, pains, excuse me, uh, influence how we see and understand each other because I think a lot of conflict does stem from the fact that individuals just simply have no real understanding of themselves and of others uh, one or the other would be good because let's say you're not fully understanding of yourself but you have a capacity to kind of sense from people and uh, listen to them and understand them you have part of the equation and if let's say you just really understand yourself but you don't have a greater understanding of others that's something you could build off of and relationship wise you know when, when you create you are opening up that vein of, of when you've been humiliated when you've hated yourself when you've loved yourself when you felt alone and isolated when you felt co connected to others in the actual world and you know um, I, I feel like you know Every few years, the world renews itself in my eyes because I change. And they're subtle, and they're minor changes. But the changes are kind of like what I suppose the process of maturation is actually about. Is You're fleshing out all these little awkward ticks and quirks, and then just kind of becoming whole. Even if that whole itself evolves, changes, and becomes something else at its core... It has a sense of whatever it is, and that sense is what leads it to act in the way that it does. But it's not like an unconscious thing, per se. It's more of just having a general trust of yourself after going through a variety of experiences that kind of make you realize the fluid nature of life and reality and extracting as much possible joy from just like being relatively healthy and functioning as you can because the fluid state of life leads to a lot of different types of crazy fucking things happening to you and people you know and people you love and people you might not like but there's always something really nutty going on and not for nothing you know this 20s decade feels just as decadent and desolate as the 1920s decade was depicted to be at least um i don't know shit's crazy out here but anyway some of the uh interesting things as well in this film were when onlookers were snapping photographs and videos of the chair chasing daijin and uh all these strangers have lights flashing before them and they record you know they're recording the running of the chair after the cat and you feel the sense that the struggling 
and the alienation of the young, that the mysterious nature of the world and how we navigate it all tied to how we love ourselves, in turn reflecting how we love others. So what you think and feel actually does matter. Um, it creates the world. That's just the re that's the bottom line. Is that how you, we think and feel helps create the world that we exist in. So. Uh, if we're miserable, anxious, alienated, and self-loathing, you're going to get a certain type of world. Or if we want to just dominate and shit on everyone and just have everything in a gluttonous, greedy way, you're going to have that kind of world. And Or if you have an interplay of the two, but then you have people with extent, you know, they're very, they're kind in a way that you know you've forgotten human beings could be. Um, but shit's crazy so I just thought that was really funny because how are you going to really explain any of that with that cat and that's <laughs> that's crazy because if there were actually a recording like that and it's playing on social media what would people do you wouldn't even know what to do you wouldn't even know what to think of that you'd be like what kind of fucking fake AI movie bullshit is this you know because I mean ultimately even, you know, just talking about the AI, if we go with the, I, I've mentioned this several times in several other podcasts or whatever, this Mandelbrot fractal notion or theory of information, exponential information doubling, which means like, you know, we're at the precipice where the amount of information accessible to a human being at any given moment is continuing to double. So, at this at this point in time, what we can actually internalize and comprehend and act upon relative to what we could just even 50 years ago is exponentially different. So, the level of adaptation is, is complex. Suffice it to say, if I actually saw an actual chair moving like that with an actual cat, I don't know, I'd freak out a little bit. Um, and one of the other things I guess uh, I got from the film is that sometimes what we know or do not know is not as important as what we feel and how honest and real we are within ourselves. So let's put it this way. You know, sometimes you might have, or you might have grown up in a in an environment where it wasn't always, or even ever respected for a man to cry, and you had to, you know, go cry in the shower because, you know, we don't fucking cry. Um, and maybe you grew up somewhere where it was okay to cry, but let's just say you grew up in an environment where crying is shunned, you know, it's frowned upon. And you learn not to actually tap into any of those emotions even when there's so many dark, disturbing, fucked up things happening in your life. And yet you're incapable of initially reacting to them emotionally because that vulnerability feels like it would just destroy you. And really, accepting that vulnerability allows you to move past what the vulnerability implies. Meaning that you could, you know, emotionally damage yourself. Because you've been damaged emotionally in an interaction with someone you felt very close to at some point in life. Um, however that goes down, 
it's okay to be vulnerable and it's also okay to you know take a shot on the chin you know not every decision is a really fucking good one not every fucking person is actually cool such is life but you know we all have our moments of total shittiness and um I felt that you know really like Suzume's relationship with her aunt was huge and that their reactions to each other and their emotions for each other were huge and you know it's complex because you know she basically has her aunt and that's it her parents are not in the picture and you matter whether you even know it or not whether you know you perceive death as this all-encompassing thing or you just realize that death is a transformation in between stages of life it's whatever you want to do but um i just say in my humble opinion suzume is a brilliant film and i definitely recommend you watch it and um it's very enjoyable the music is nice the art is gorgeous and the story is interesting and and it's fun it's enjoyable it's the fact daddy take care of yourselves peace